0: perhaps what impact technology and social media have had on content creation, or in general the impact of current affairs on the industry. I also try and find out the journey behind each individual's success, as this is more important to me than the actual travel. This episode aired originally on my YouTube channel on 11th of January 2021, and I spoke to a journalist and travel blogger, stephanie Clayton. one topic i discussed with stephanie was why she decided to leave the journalism world and become a full-time travel blogger she is also a successful author all of that and much more
1: thank you very much for coming on stephanie i really appreciate your time how have you been and how has the year been as well for you
2: oh wow this is a crazy year for me um i was pregnant so I had my first child, my son, in June. Um, my last trip, because I'm a travel blogger, was for my sister's baby shower in March. She had her daughter a month before mine. So it's it's been a wonderful year for our family. We have a lot of um, new children, because my sister-in-law also had a baby. Um, so lots of babies over here, but um, it's been kind of sad because, you know, haven't really been able to travel um and so, just dealing with that and with the pandemic um it's been rough over here in the United States. I live in Florida for a while. We had a lot of cases um we've pretty much been in the house uh so it's been it's been challenging
1: How is motherhood?
2: Motherhood is uh crazy <laughs> it's I don't think anything can prepare you for it, but it's also been a lot of fun um uh, we enjoy just seeing. Um, All of his new developments, he's starting to set up now and um, it's been a blessing.
1: Where did travel begin? I mean, was it your parents' love for travel or, or how did it begin for yourself?
2: My mother made it a priority for us to travel every summer. We did family vacations, mostly across the United States. So we visited much of the South, much of the Atlantic coast, not too much out West. And so that's kind of where my love for travel began, is taking those uh, summer family vacations,
1: mostly road trips. I guess uh, when you were young, did you sort of understand um, all the journeys that your parents were taking you on?
2: Not quite, but I would say the trip that was very uh, monumental for me was when I was 10. We went to California. And that is totally different from Ohio. The landscape looks different. The people look different. Back then, Ohio wasn't very diverse. And so when I went to California, and I see all these people that look very different from what I'm used to um, and even the language. And so that was a big one for me. We were walking around and we could understand a lot of people. I believe now looking back at it that a lot of the people were speaking Spanish and you just didn't hear that back in Ohio at that time. And so... That was um, a shift for me because I didn't like not understanding people around me. And so that was when I decided that I wanted to pick up a second language, Spanish, and to become fluent in it. And I pretty much dedicated a lot of my um, career and studies to that endeavor.
1: Sounds like it was your first transformative experience. Uh, and when it comes at a young age, because mine was sort of very young as well, you remember that and you take that forward uh, with everything that you do. You're actually a reporter, is that right? Yes. So, so are, you, are you reporting at the minute with everything that's going on? Is it or is it remote still?
2: Well, so I um, have worked as a television reporter for the past ten years. I also have worked as a weekend anchor. But I did not return to work after having my son and my maternity leave. So I um, resigned uh, in September. But I worked all the way up until um, June, pretty much four days before I had my son. And I worked remotely because I was pregnant. But I covered a lot of the pandemic, interviewed a lot of the people early on who had caught the virus, um, nurses who went up to New York to serve in some of the hospitals And those stories were very uh, impactful for me. Um, A lot of the details I'll never forget. And so I think think that kind of plays into it too. When you've spoken to people who've actually dealt with the virus, you know, over and over again, even after the stories aired, I'm still texting back with them. Like, are you okay? Oh, you're back in the hospital. Oh, like, you know, what's next? So I think when you've actually spoken to people who've had the virus, you kind of see it differently. But um, basically, right now, I've just decided it's best to just stay at home with my son and work on my travel blog and kind of take a break from uh, working in news.
1: And when you plan on going back into the newsroom um, once things, I guess get to some sort of normality?
2: I'm really not sure. I do love telling stories, um, but I also love to travel. And I like the freedom of having your own business. So um, I'm trying to see how I could grow my blog, Black Trekking, and see where that goes. I think that's where I'm focusing right now, along with just caring for my son and figuring out, you know, what's next and what's the next direction for our family. But I'm enjoying the time at home with my son and doing these type of interviews and writing for my blog and just really seeing, um, you know, what this career path has in store for me.
1: When, when was it really that you sort of started writing blogs?
2: I started my blog, Black Trekking, back in 2018. And I actually started it because I was working on my book, Black Trekking, My Journey Living in Latin America. There it is. And I wanted to build the audience before the book was released. And so that was the impetus for starting the blog. And then once I started it, I was, Falling in love with it, just writing about our different travels all around the world. It was something I was very passionate about. And so um, that's kind of where it got started. And then just learning about you know, blogging and growing a social media audience and a blogging audience, and email marketing, all of these things. Um, going to markets and selling my book, it's just it's been a fun ride.
1: With any sort of blog, uh, there's got to be some sort of, I guess, unique With any blog, really. And what I read your sort of uh, travels, um, you're more into finding out about Black um, culture when it comes to traveling. And so, what got you interested in that? Um, And why did you feel it was important to tell that story?
2: My family is African American. Um, They're actually um, both of my grandparents kind of migrated from the South to Cleveland during the Great Migration. And so in that journey, um, some of the history was lost. And so, like I didn't grow up in the South, you know, but I live in the South now. And so I've always just enjoyed studying Black history and and culture and learning about because it's very diverse. Um, and so that's something that I really enjoy doing. But I also like traveling the world. So my blog is a mixture of just talking about global destinations in my experience as a Black woman and now as a Black family entering these spaces. But then also like, here are some places where you can go and learn more about Black history and culture, such as the Whitney Plantation, which is outside of New Orleans. It's actually dedicated to um, enslaved people and their experiences versus telling the story from the um, slave master's point of view. I went to that plantation to visit it. And I was just blown away with all of the history that is there at that place. And I you know, wanted to write about it so that everybody can learn this history. Because unfortunately, it's not told in our schools here in the United States. Much of it is it's, it's just glossed over. They talk about Martin Luther King and slavery and the Civil War. And that's it. But a lot of the history is not it's not written down and it's not passed on. It's not taught. And so for my blog, I wanted to share um, this history and it was important for me to go to Africa. And so I went to Ghana because I wanted to know, you know, where did my ancestors come from? I know that for my family, we actually can trace our family history back um, all the way to like the 1700s, back to the plantation um, for the Claytor side of my family. But we don't know where they came from in Africa. And we don't know that side of the story. And so I went to Ghana because many of the enslaved people came from Ghana. Well, they left from Ghana, but they were from northern African countries and then pretty much, you know, put in chains and brought down to the coast and then put on a boat. And so I wanted to learn that side of the story. So I ended up going to the um, castles on the coast of Ghana I went into dungeons where they were held, and that was that was extreme like that experience where you could see where they were held in dungeons for two weeks, three weeks, and the the uh feces is still on the floor there it's ingrained in the ground like it that experience is like extreme, but I encourage people to go and learn about that history but um. I wanted to share with my readers, you know, this is how all of this is connected, this whole slave trade that connects, you know, United Kingdom and the European countries and um, the Western African countries and the United States. It's a whole triangle and basically based off of business and money. And like, when you go there, they kind of explain it all and you can put the pieces together to see how it's all connected and how um, we're all impacted today from the slave trade that happened, you know, starting back in the 1400s. All of that history, I, you know, I'm a history fanatic, so that's what I'm interested in. And I try to share what I learn when I visit some of these places.
1: Just listening to that, um, I'll be fascinated to go, to go explore more of that. Um, I'll be honest, uh, in terms of the Black history, Black culture, um, there's not much I mean I grew up in the United Kingdom so there's not much um, history that comes our way uh, and, and I, as you just said in the United States I guess you don't get that get taught that either with your blog would you consider maybe going into schools and then talking to schools about this and maybe trying to I mean I guess another question obviously you've written your first book um, about your time in would you in, in Latin America would you would you potentially write a book about black culture black history with your travels
2: well actually you hit on an important point i've been encouraged um i've thought about writing a children's book based off of my son but writing it about my different travels and what i've learned and so that is one of my next projects is i want to tell the story um, from a children's point of view and through his eyes, so that you know young children will be able to learn this history. And I do speak at schools. I get invited um, from time to time, and I share my blog and I share the different places I've been and I've shown them pictures, and the kids' eyes just light up because here in the United States, if you're not wealthy or you know come from a upper middle class family and a lot of the um i like to call them people of color not necessarily minority but um you know African American uh families um some latino families a lot of those children don't get to travel and so i like to open their eyes and show them that there is a bigger world than the city or town that they they're growing up in
1: i think that's a really good um idea cuz um people who um don't know me uh, Stephanie and I were on a panel uh, a few weeks back. We spoke about the diverse uh, storytelling and um having a kid's book on travel and it's got diverse sort of story to it is actually a great way of telling well educating kids also growing up, I was just thinking I don't remember many travel books that I read growing up um the only thing I can think of is tintin and that was it, really. But in terms of the narrative coming from different sort of um, author um, from, from, a, from a background that isn't uh, from, from a white culture, really, um, is actually really important.
2: I'm always coming up with ideas, but it's the follow through and the discipline to get it done. But that is high on my list because I've been getting encouraged a lot um, about it. So I need to get to it. But I will say I grew up reading encyclopedias. This was before the internet and Google, and I was the kid who would go to the library and take out two and three encyclopedias, as many as I could hold in my backpack, and go home and read about these different countries. That's how much I love studying different cultures um, and people around the world. And so that's why I say I'm very passionate about travel and I finally feel like I'm doing something that I really, really enjoy.
1: Your blogging, by the way, um, is it going to be involving your, your family uh, more now going forward? My
2: blog is kind of transforming because before I would take um, couple trips, I would take trips with my mom, my friends, and then I went to Ghana as a solo trip. But obviously as a new mom, that's probably not going to be as possible. So I'm going to be writing more about family travel, family trips. And right now I have a special called COVID travel where I'm discussing different places you can go and social distance, kind of local things to do, like a drive-through safari that we just went on, where you can take the kids, have fun, but still remain safe. And so, yeah, that's what I'm Kind of transitioning and including more family travel but I can't wait for the day uh, to take my son to you know various places I lived in Colombia and I lived in the Dominican Republic and I wrote about those experiences in my book I still want to get back over there I haven't been back in a while so I would love to take him and show him the different places I want to take him to Ghana when he's older and old enough to understand my goal was to go on a safari so in Kenya so hopefully I can take him on that at, at some point but um, I can't wait to take him on all the travels.
1: Africa was on my radar. I was planning on going to Uganda, Kenya as well actually. Um, I wanted to go see the gorillas. It's been high on my list of things to see but unfortunately it didn't quite happen. And I wanted to ask you more about your book actually because um, you actually talk about your journey in Latin America um I guess for the for the viewers what is what would be your mo memorable time there actually I mean, you've been to I'm assuming you stayed in a few countries?
2: Yes, and so the book talks about my time in the Dominican Republic and Colombia, and it kind of compares and contrasts the different experiences. It also talks about uh, the different uh remote rural black communities that I visited and shares their history um and story. And so I would say I was pretty impressed when I went to the Pacific coast of Colombia. A lot of people may not have visited there, but most of the people are Black. They're Afro Colombians, very proud of their heritage. They've maintained a lot of the transit uh, traditions. And so I really had a good time there. And it was just interesting. Like they spoke Spanish, but when I was sitting there, people were having similar conversations that we would have back in the United States.
0: Right. And they
2: knew a lot of African-American artists. They, this was back in like 2000, um, 2011. So they considered President Barack Obama. They considered him their president. And so it was, it was fun having conversations with them. And I really um, enjoy that experience, getting to know that community. But the sad part is, a lot of people that live on the Pacific Coast of Colombia are being internally displaced because of the civil war that was going on in Colombia. There's since been a, um, they've ended the war, but there's still different um, paramilitary groups that are still fighting each other and displacing people, and so they're having to move from, you know, the countryside and, and that portion of the country. They're having to move to the big cities uh, like Medellin and Bogota without many resources. And so I also interviewed people who were displaced and I wrote an entire chapter about what that experience is like. And so that I would say that experience was really profound for me.
1: With travel, a lot of people think it's all... You know happy you know so fun you know nothing really happened. but people don't realize there are things like that that happen in places in colombia you know things like in venezuela there's still issues there um you know other parts of the world similar similar issues so and i think talking about it is really important and how you can maybe help after you visited a place and maybe give back to the community. I think that's uh, really, really important. And what made you first go out there? Was it for work originally or was it something that you had to do?
2: Dominican Republic, I chose because I wanted to learn Spanish. My roommate in college was Dominican. I had gone to Puerto Rico, I really enjoyed it. And she told me that Dominican Republic was pretty similar. So that's how I ended up there. And then after that, I I returned back to the United States to finish college. And I felt like I still wanted to improve my Spanish. I still wanted to be abroad. Um, I really enjoy just living in a foreign country and every day is an adventure and a a challenge. And uh, one of my friends had told me, he said, "Steph, you should go to Colombia because they have a huge black population that is very proud of their heritage. Because again, I've I've studied a lot of different, um, just a pan-African diaspora. So especially the people Whose ancestors were enslaved. I like comparing, you know, well, how are the Afro Colombians doing compared to the Afro Panamanians or um, the Black Dominicans? Like, I like comparing the different populations. And so I had heard a lot about Colombia, and so I wanted to go there and study that population. So I applied for a Fulbright English teaching assistantship, and I got it. And so I taught English in the capital at Universidad de la Sabana and then I would travel um, like every other weekend I'd travel around the country and I went quite often to the Pacific coast and to Cali um, and just met with different people um, who were Afro-Colombian and kind of documented their story. I did interviews, um, wrote down a lot of things and all of that stuff I compiled and put it into the book. So there's several chapters on the different um, Afro-Colombian populations. Cause it's actually diverse. You have the people, there's an island called San Andres which is outside of Nicaragua. You have um, those Afro-Colombians then you have the people that call them Pacificos who are on the Western coast of Colombia. Then you have um, um, San Basilio de Palenque which is a maroon community um, outside of Cartagena which is, Uh, one of the first freed slave towns in the Americas. And so you have that population and they all have a different story. And so um, I just that's what I went there for to kind of document their story and then um, share with the masses. Originally, I I was going to do a documentary, but I felt it would be easier to get people to read the story. And so I decided instead to compile my interviews
1: into a book. I think the documentary, I'd love to, to see it, actually, if you did go back and, and do it. It would be quite uh, interesting to see. Um, is it, I mean, obviously, you've done so much travelling. Would you? Would that be a memorable place? I mean, some of the history that you've learned, can you pick one, really? Or is it all sort of in, as important as each other?
2: Every place I've been to is extremely different. Because I've been to Bora Bora, I've been to Tokyo, I went to Belgium and UK. And then I've been to Ghana and then I've been to several countries in Latin America. So they're all like extremely different. But um, definitely I would say my top list would be, I really enjoyed my time in Ghana. It was just kind of just like coming home and you kind of see where everything started. It It was a profound experience for me. And I was there alone. It was a solo trip. So I was able to take everything in and just observe everything and um i really enjoyed it and i was so glad that i went even if i had to go by myself
1: so is your family lineage from from ghana
2: i don't know i'm too scared to give my dna to (laughs) ancestry.com i want to find out um i know they're probably from somewhere in west africa um but i'm not sure if it's from ghana (laughs)
1: That'll be interesting, I guess, uh, when you find out. I guess uh, you keep it a secret and then you'll get some, maybe find out in in the future. I've seen some of your videos actually where you're doing some gym work at the minute. And uh, (laughs) uh, what else do you do apart from the gym? Is there anything else that you do to sort of, I guess, with the sun? Not want to be much time to do anything else, but do you do anything else uh, hobby wise?
2: I love salsa dancing. I'm a big um, Latin dancer, like merengue, salsa, bachata. I love doing that, and I haven't... I think the last time we went was when I was in Amsterdam at the end of November, um, and I desperately want to get back to Latin night. I love Latin dancing.
1: And during the pandemic, by the way, uh, is there any other new tricks or new hobbies that you've picked up, maybe?
2: We take evening walks around our neighborhood. We didn't used to do that before. I really enjoyed it because it's a time to walk with my husband and kind of talk about, you know, whatever's going on or what we're thinking about. So I've enjoyed that. I encourage other couples to do that. Just having a home gym has been awesome because I didn't make time to go to the gym before the pandemic. And so being able to go in the garage and lift some weights has been awesome. I feel a lot better. And we always watch TV shows, but we've watched a lot of shows since the pandemic began, but we have Enjoyed it, and also I didn't used to do um, grocery delivery or uh, takeout or you know getting food delivered to the house. So that's been a new hobby. We I used to go out to eat all the time, so now we get everything delivered.
1: Actually, where did you meet your husband? Was it through work or was it just through traveling?
2: We met at the airport. Oh wow! <laughs> at the airport in Dallas.
1: Movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think meeting someone at an airport is actually. great way of starting a journey isn't it really
2: we were both transplants at the time living in shreveport louisiana and so we had went home for christmas to see our family and we were both in dallas flying back to shreveport to go back to work and that we met like before the flight to go to shreveport
1: in terms of new developments i guess you'd I mean your blog, as you said, you want to grow that as much as possible to anything else that you'd like to do. or I guess you also said the books as well. Is there anything else that you've done you've got on your radar?
2: Basically I plan to reach out to the different um tourism entities to try to do more trips to write about those trips. Also I would like to work with more brands and maybe some more baby brands um, with my son and yeah writing the children's books um trying to get more people to follow blacktrekking.com and finding ways to um talk about my book online and and boost the online sales since um we can't do the markets right now so i've just been working on um getting the word out and putting it in different um bookstores around the states or wherever so If anyone's interested, the book is Black Trekking, My Journey, Living in Latin America, and it's on Amazon. I
1: really appreciate the time.
0: getting to know you. And thank you very much for coming on.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: You can follow my guests on all of their social media platforms. The details are in the description. That's it for Take a Wonder with Shebs. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms. Until next time, bye for now.